Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're having ongoing digital discipleship conversations about when and where the kingdom and the culture collide. So DK and I are headed back from Woodleyville, Stittville, um, upstate New York, where I was just ministering. He was with me. We were together with Pastor Woodley Zasik, our good friend that we've known. I've known him for 15 years. We've been walking together. And um, so we're just doing some reflecting, thinking on some of the things that we've uh, experienced, some of the things that God is doing. It was really interesting to um, hear from his father-in-law, who is actually one of the starting uh, members and pastors of the Brooklyn Tab. And he pastored through the Jesus Movement, um, the race riots in Newark, New Jersey, all types of unique um, situations. And I was able to ask him, what is his perception on what's happening in the spirit? And he said to me that what I see is a door beginning to open unto a harvest. And I thought that was really a unique perspective. You're talking about a guy that's past 80. Um, He's fully alert spiritually, uh, mentally, physically. He's he's in good health. Um, And he is a a man of just incredible grace and wisdom. Then I had him pray for me. He gave me some prophetic words that were uh, edifying, encouraging, uh, full of hope, um, full of uh, I think they were very accurate. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of share what he, what a little bit what he said. But what I want to kind of go into and uh, bring it before DK and just kind of dialogue on this a little bit is that he said that there's a door about to open for a harvest. And when I heard from Pastor Woodley, him and I were experiencing something similar in that we've got a, a small harvest of harvesters. So we don't have a harvest, but we have like a harvest of harvesters so that people can then actually bring in the harvest. And so um, I'm really thankful and excited, thankful for DK, uh, everything that he does uh, with the podcast, what Tina is doing at Rescue Church, what they're doing together, how Isaac and Deborah, um, also honorable members of the commission, uh, Deborah preached today, just having solid people, my wife overseeing, the whole situation and so it's just encouraging to see you know God has given people who are willing and who are obedient and together we're going to reap the fruit of the land which we believe is a harvest and so I kind of wanted to um, dialogue on that because DK and Tina have made themselves pretty available as it relates to loving people praying with people doing deliverance for people, being generous with people, showing hospitality to people, using their time, talent, and treasure uh, for the furtherance of the kingdom, the gospel, and just for the well-being of people they're connected with. So, DK, my, my question to you is, how does, from your perspective and in your own situation, how does God take you uh, and make you willing and then obedient? Like, how like how did that happen in your life? Hmm, that's a good question. I think once you understand the kingdom of God 
and you're participating and you're one of the kingdom nothing else outside the kingdom satisfies satisfies you anymore and it's almost like there's a, a a purpose shift like there's a void when you're in the world you felt like you had a purpose for whatever that may be and that was probably from the lust of your heart the desires of your heart whatever we want yeah. to fill the void but once you enter the kingdom that purpose or you thought it was your purpose it dies with you and yeah I, and, and, like the desires the sinful desires yeah and it, it might not even be like that wicked you know it could just be just just like whatever whatever you want whatever you picture your life to look like yeah whatever you're pursuing um but yeah at the end of the day on outside the grace of god it's all sin and you know it's not serving the purposes but i think there's a there's a transition season where that dies and then you're kind of you're getting reformed you're getting a new identity and then you start feeling a hunger like okay if i'm part of this family this kingdom what is my purpose here like what 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 do i need to do to participate and i think in that hunger yeah. and that dissatisfaction of what you thought was your life that the pursuit begins and i think what god reveals in that um transition period is first you realize that even with good intention a lot of your personal ambition is mixed in with it in the beginning oh yeah yeah for sure but in his good grace he's very patient with that too yeah. and that ambition slowly dies with the other things and then at the end you're kind of left with okay i'm just going to obey like what is your orders yeah. what is your assignment for me yeah what do you have for me you yeah. know you said something that uh triggered me <laughs> um, you said something that I think is very important. I think there's a great level of truth to this. You said basically, I'm going to paraphrase you and then kind mm -hmm. of re-say it, but what you're ultimately and what we're ultimately talking about as it relates to someone being willing is when someone is spiritually hungry, right, practically and naturally they become willing. Yeah. And willing people find a way other people find an excuse mm -hmm. and whenever you really really want something you'll really do whatever is in your power toward getting that something that you really want exactly and so i think that desire plays a role and i think that as old desires die new desires rise mm -hmm. and there's a transformation that takes place like for example you know the disciples went from fishing for me to fishers of men so they went for from fishing just to feed their family which is honorable it's not a bad thing it's better than being unemployed and lazy um, or expecting the government to feed you but they go from that to being fishers of men which is a whole different operating system and Everything changes when the kingdom is your primary focus. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so like for you, you died to some things. Yeah. And then other things, like that made room for other things to grow in your life. Yeah. And right? I, yeah. And your point about desire, I think that's spot on. You know, when people, for me personally, I don't know if this is like, it's just how I think about it, but... When people say I, I I don't I can't do it or it doesn't happen, I always feel like it's because you don't want it enough. 
Because I always experience that when people want something enough, they'll do whatever it takes to, to make that happen. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I only be sensitive to their obstacles and their circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, but that's fair. But just in general, in, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I really agree with you in general. Um, as a generalization, for example, I'll give you just practicals. Like, okay, we can't buy our own salvation. You know, Jesus did that, and so there's levels to. There's certain things we cannot make happen, mm-hmm. and I and I get that. But you also have people who've climbed Mount Everest. Yep. You know, you have you have uh, incredible feats that things that people have done or achieved in the natural that are death-defying, virtually impossible, one in ten million, and they've been done. Mm-hmm. And so I think the beauty of being around kingdom people who have put Jesus first is they expose you to a different realm of possibilities. Yeah. Like I was just thinking just on a practical and a relational note, like, man, I really enjoyed our conversation on Saturday night with Pastor Woodley when he was talking about seeds and I was talking about death and we were talking about, you know, all (laughs) these different things, which is like a really interesting Mm-hmm. We were talking about poop at dinner because there was no women there. So we had the freedom to express ourselves in a safe manner. And I just think, man, I really I really enjoyed that conversation. I think back about, you know, recently how many conversations have I had that made me think on that level. And I think that that's really was helpful for me. And I think that aluminum doesn't sharpen iron. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron. And so when, when God exposes you to conversations that help you grow or help you see things or help you, uh, you know, understand things that maybe you weren't fully clear on, it's very expanding. And I think also, too, even sometimes being in that environment is actually an answer to prayer because it's like we want to grow, we want to go deeper, and God usually brings us deeper in the realm of relationships, in the realm of conversations, in the realm of exposure. That's something that creates growth. And also, too, like when, you, when you're when you around willing people who are willing to do whatever it takes to serve the purposes of the kingdom, that exposes you in your own life to areas where you may be like, man, I'm not, like, I'm not that willing. Like, I remember when I first got married, I'm like, man, like, I'm selfish. Like, me being around Sarah re- made me realize that I'm selfish. She didn't have to tell me I'm selfish. She was just so unselfish being around her and it exposed me to, you know, how selfish I am. And then I had, you know, justice. And then I realized, man, I'm not selfish. I'm really selfish. And, and I was just like, man, I was just like a fat guy on a scale. Like, dude, like, this is this is uncomfortable Mm. and then by my second child and as the third came like god began to just sift me of that Mm. um which was really freeing because i'm like man i'm stuck with myself and i know i'm doing better than i was so that was encouraging but like when you're when you're when you're brutally aware of you know your own shortcomings um that's not easy but god causes us to confront Mm -hmm. our own issues so that we could continue to serve his purposes because i can't deal with a harvest and and i can't you know till the field if i don't till the soil in my own heart yeah you could never grow past your level of self-awareness what say that again you can never grow past your level of self-awareness whoa 
That's what you're saying, pretty much. I mean, I, I didn't say it that good. <laughs> I mean, so DK just dropped, uh, you know, a bomb, a holy bomb. You can never grow past your level of self-awareness. Guess who the most unself-aware people are? Just take a guess. Christians. <laughs> Why are we the most unself-aware people? Because we assume our motives are correct. Yeah. So the core assumption and many Christians and I've been involved in doing this so I'm not judging mm -hmm. anyone yeah. uh, we judge other people by their actions we judge ourselves by our intentions yep. which is, a, is immaturity and also a lack of self-awareness mm -hmm. if you are the more selfish you are the less self-aware you'll be yeah. so God I think is highlighting an issue as it relates to discipline discipleship being emotionally healthy being spiritually mature being sober-minded for us to be self-aware so that we don't self-sabotage what God is doing yeah and when God reveals things he believes you could handle it that's why he reveals it yeah but that decision is on you what do you want how are you gonna respond to that yeah are you gonna hide from it or are you gonna cover it up or are you gonna be like hey God I appreciate this 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 is painful to look at, but I know you're revealing this because I could get past this and grow from it. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's the partnership you have with the Lord. Yeah. That's his goodness. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, he reveals it to heal it. Yeah. God doesn't reveal stuff to shame us or to make us look stupid, but he does it so that we can get healthy mm -hmm. and so that we can partner with him and be a part of um, what he's doing and I think that like before we talk about like just this harvest of yeah. souls coming into the kingdom which we want that I think that there has to be a harvest of fruit in our own life because mm. when these people come in yeah. they're gonna need to have trees with fruit on them yeah um, and testimony yeah and testimonies and also godly character is the thing that sustains healthy community yeah you know your gift may make room for you, and your gift may get you somewhere, mm -hmm. but your character will keep you there. Yep. It attracts people, but does it sustain people? It doesn't sustain people. Yeah. And so, like, um, so, you know, this thing of, okay, you go from being willing to obedient. Like, I, I would say that, look, I mean, none of us are perfect, but what, I, what I've noticed about you and your wife is that when God puts something on your heart, and you identify that it's him, mm -hmm. there's like an immediate move toward that. Yeah. Not just with you, but with her mm -hmm. and with you both together. Mm -hmm. So what have you, what do you feel that you've gained? I know this sounds crazy, but this is, this is honest. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like you've gained in walking toward the Lord and walking in obedience? Oh man, so much. I think first of all, not gaining, but you, st you start taking, I don't know how to explain it, but you kind of stop taking yourself too seriously. Do you know what I mean? It's like in the beginning, you, there's a lot of weight and there's a lot of like almost like a performance or like I got to produce. But every time you obey the Lord and respond to Him, you just see how light that assignment is in, in partnership with God. And how much he's really like carrying you and, and putting you in places to succeed. And then after a while, I think you, get, you just gain a freedom. I don't, I, that's the best way to put it. A freedom from making it so much about yourself, 
so much about how how you perform or how um, how you rely on your your talents. Which that's all important, but there's like a level of freedom the more you obey and the more you see um, fruit from those things. It's interesting. I wanna I, I heard you. I wanna share one thing. Yeah. Because I know that sometimes it's hard for us to frame things mm-hmm. this way. I know that gain mm-hmm. is a four letter word. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not, it's not a bad word in the sense of, like, godliness with contentment is great gain. So the, the level of great gain is g- godliness, mm-hmm. which is, you know, being Christ-like, right? Mm-hmm. Keep it simple. And contentment, mm-hmm. being content that he's with you. So contentment is not based on what I have or what I wear or what I own or what I drive, although that's all great and I would rather you be doing well than not. Mm-hmm. But contentment is rooted in who is with us and who we belong to Mm. so contentment is anchored in that and there's great gain in that Mm -hmm. and so uh, i want to just frame gain not gain is not always monetary Mm -hmm. although sometimes it is and there's nothing wrong with that either Mm -hmm. um but what i'm what i'm getting at and what i'm hearing from you which i think is very fascinating is that you're saying that the main thing that you got from walking in obedience is freedom and the understanding of that all of the weight of producing what God does doesn't depend on you. Yeah. But it comes through you as you partner with him. Yeah. Is and that it, fair? Yeah. And I'm saying that's a gain because it makes the next thing that much easier to say yes to. Ah. Interesting. So you're saying that obedience, would you say that obedience creates like spiritual momentum? Yeah. Yeah. It's like exponential growth in obedience the more you obey the better you get obeying here's what i'll say to people and i I can say this because i've experienced it um the more spiritual momentum you have the less tempting temptation is yeah so the more you walk with jesus the further you are from your sinful past Mm mm-hmm and that doesn't mean we don't possess the, 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 the potential to do something crazy. We all do because we're human. Mm-hmm. But the less desirable sin is, the more you gain spiritual momentum by walking with Jesus. Another way to say something similar is like, the more you renew your mind, the less tempting temptation is. Yeah. And also, the more you're in the spiritual momentum, you see a temptation, you see the potential of what you're throwing away yes once you see the the potential of what you could throw away what it caught what it cost you that temptation gets snuffed out quickly. yeah it's like i'm not gonna trade a rolex for a g-shock yeah i'm, I'm not gonna trade the greatest and the finest for something that is just not valuable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um so that's interesting that's just a metaphor obviously jesus is worth more than a rolex <laughs> But we're talking in metaphor and as it relates to value and and even value in the life just that God has given you. Like when I look at the life that I was going to give myself (laughs) versus the life that God gave me. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, dude, I'd I'd much rather choose the life God gave me in spite of the turbulence, the challenges, the difficulty, the years of struggle, years of struggle. I still would much rather yeah. have the life he gave me. I love what you said today uh, when you preached. I forget the wording, but something like the quickest way to God's blessing is the slow way. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the quickest way to get blessed is the slow way. 
the slow way of obedience, you mm -hmm. know, because we try to go and do something ourselves to get blessed outside of obedience, and it, it's just a derailment. It's just a delay. Sometimes it costs time and money and pain, and it's just not worth it. Like we have to get convinced mm -hmm. that serving the Lord and serving His purposes is the fastest way to blessing. Yeah. And blessing is not something we earn. Um, it's something that we receive by positioning ourselves mm. for what God has. And I think that that gets back to the heart of what we were saying earlier in terms of the harvest. Yeah. Like Jesus said, pray for the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest. And yeah. so the premise is really him teaching his disciples who are about to become apostles to pray and become the answer to their own prayers mm -hmm. so that they can participate the, with the plans that God has. And and God, and they did in, in Matthew 10, mm -hmm. the very next thing, he's yeah. sending them out, cast out demons and heal the sick and be ambassadors of the kingdom. So they literally became the answer to their own prayers. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's, again, the, the point of prayer is to not, is not to get God to participate with me the point of prayer is to get me to participate with God mm -hmm. why because if you're willing and you're obedient you'll eat the fruit of the land mm -hmm. so there's things that God wants us to taste and see that will only happen mm -hmm. through consistent obedience yeah it's funny how this you got this word today because I don't know if you remember but even yesterday we were driving up and we were just talking about our season and rescue and you said you know, this isn't the harvest. This is the harvesters. Yes. You said that first before you even got that word today. So it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting how that's all syncing up. But I want to ask you, just as a pastor, you know, and you're you're raising up harvesters, like what what does that look like? What does that mean for you? Like what is what is a harvester in your definition? Okay. So, okay, let's let's talk about fish in the in the sense of a harvest of fish. Once you once you catch fish, right? You've got to cut them and clean them. Mm -hmm. And so people need to be cut and they need to be cleaned. Mm -hmm. Joshua could not take the people of God into the promised land until the men were circumcised. What's the premise of that? The premise of that is you can't have the blessing of God without covenant with God. Yeah. So... If we're going to be harvesters, we're going to have to walk in obedience and in covenant with God. We're not mm -hmm. going to be circumcising people. <laughs> but it is a circumcision of the heart, mm -hmm. and it happens when people learn to interact well with truth. Yeah. So when we talk about harvesters, what I'm mainly talking about, honestly, it's it sounds crazy, but it's, I mean, I'm, I'm being as honest as I can. People need to get healed. Yeah. People need to get delivered. People need to get an understanding of forgiveness and understanding a sound biblical understanding of what Tina shared about repentance. Mm -hmm. People, um, I mean, how can I walk in unity with my brother if I'm a double-minded myself? Yeah. So there's a major level of the dealings of God in people's private life to make them ready for public ministry. Yeah. And I think that people are ready for ministry at a certain extent mm -hmm. and to a certain extent, mm -hmm. but most people are not ready for God to blow the doors off something. Right, right. And he knows that. And so God 
you know, he he generally, you know, generally speaking, God pours out to the measure that people can handle. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you see that with Elisha, mm -hmm. that the oil kept pouring as long as there was a vessel. Mm -hmm. So the principle there is like, if there's someone and something to steward what God is doing, you know, then then he'll pour out. You know, like the, the disciples, when Jesus, the miracle of the loaves and the fish, they all took loaves of bread home. Leftovers. Leftovers. So Surplus. they went from lack to leftovers through this miracle. Mm -hmm. And it was through the obedience of their faith that Jesus did the miracle through them and through their obedience. And, and they wanted to send the crowd home and Jesus wanted them to actually go home with leftovers. Because mm. um, Jesus is not only blessing the people, but he's preparing the team. Yeah. If the team isn't confident in, in, in the mission and in the one who gave the commission, then you're going to have a major problem. And so you can't take six soldiers to war. So I think what, what is stopping most people is uh, sinful life and practices, fornication and morality, just basic stuff. Yeah. Um, I think another thing that stops people is it's really hard to represent someone that you don't fully and intimately know. Yeah. So people can't work beyond their knowledge. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you, you get a new job, you join a, a, a company, you go through that orientation to understand the company you represent. Yeah. But that's very deliberate because they're like, how are you going to be an employee if you don't even know what we do and what we represent? Yes. What's our values? It's the same same principle. Yes. And I, and I think that what we're talking about for the church that God is, is building um, is that we're not talking about simply onboarding people with okay, here's what we do as a church. Okay, here's what we do. Here's what we don't do. Here's what we believe. Here's what we don't believe. I think that we're getting, we're, we're beyond getting into do's and don'ts, beliefs and not, although I think that's important. Mm -hmm. But I think that when someone is spiritually alive mm -hmm. and spiritually discerning, they are seeking the Lord and the Lord's kingdom and they are preoccupied with the purposes and plans of God yeah. instead of just what they want to do and, and what they have to do or they feel like they have to do. And I think that honestly, man, if I can be honest, I think that most people are not in that place. Mm. I think that most people are in a place where they need a touch from God, they need some healing in their life, they need a little bit more stability, and they need habits that are going to produce momentum so that they can live from overflow. Yeah. You know... Can you talk a little, because you're talking about a team, a team of harvesters. Can you talk a little bit about unity? Like, because yeah. unity in the, for the sake of unity is not unity. Yeah, for, so for, first it's unity of the spirit. And so the same spirit that is the spirit of truth is also the spirit that brings unity, that, that is unity. That, and so our unity will never exceed our submission and surrender to Christ. Mm. So let's say I'm not submitted to Christ. I cannot be unified with someone who is fully surrendered to Christ. Yeah. So let's take that into a marriage. Let's say you have, you know, a man and he's not surrendered to the Lord. He's kind of doing his own thing. And yet the wife wants to serve the Lord. So there's no real unity in the marriage because one is surrendered and one is not. So we're just talking about one marriage. We're not mm -hmm. talking about a family, of families like a church. We're just talking about, just say, hypothetically two speaking, people. two people who can't even get along. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you break those two people down and you go, well, what is that about? Well, one of them is double-minded and needs healing. Mm -hmm. And the other one has lived with a broken person so long that they kind of have a handicap Mm -hmm. in the form of a person that they love and care about. Yeah, and that becomes normal. Yeah, and so instead of having an asset, they have a liability. Yeah. And so this brings a profound level of disappointment and it's an insane momentum breaker spiritually. So spiritually speaking, that person, it's kind of like they're on life support or they're, they're on IV. They're not really full. They're not living in fullness. They're not walking in, in an overflow. It's kind of like there's a sense of lack in their life, even though maybe their bills are paid. And, you it's know, like you have a bucket, but there's a, there's a leak. So it can never fill and overflow. That's right? another metaphor for yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So now we're just talking about one simple family that loves the Lord, but they don't, they're not, there's not a unity in the marriage, so there's no commanded blessing. Mm-hmm. Now, for example, this is one of the ways that a man uh, gets his prayers hindered mm-hmm. is when him and his wife are not dwelling together in unity or in peace or they're not living well together, as the book of Peter says. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's literally like how I live with my wife also determines my prayer life and the effectiveness of my prayer life. Yeah. So let's just say we're just using one family, right? One family has a breakdown in, in just the agreement. Now you take that and you multiply that in terms of two or three or four families. So what you have is sincere people, but people who are dysfunctional. They're not dysfunctional because they don't want to function. Right. They are dysfunctional because they need healing. They need forgiveness. There needs to be repentance. And they also, in, in honesty, in honesty, man, they need to be discipled. They're not, they have not been discipled. And real discipleship mm-hmm. is when you get down to the real, real nitty gritty of what causes people to tick yeah. to respond, to make reactions. So discipleship is, um, we think discipleship is, John 3 says this, discipleship is also like, okay, do not post a picture with cleavage and a Bible verse on it. Yeah, That's discipleship. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be half naked on Instagram. That's discipleship. Discipleship is um, actually you need to spend time with your wife. Yeah. Actually, you need to stop suppressing how you really feel and gather up the courage to address and to confront the issues that you're facing so that you can tackle them together. Yeah. Discipleship is uh, not making big economic decisions by yourself. Mm-hmm. Discipleship is um, we're going to put a lock on the television so the children cannot have access, unlimited access. Now, all of these things, I, I can't just sit in someone's house and tell them, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. That's, that's not, first of all, that's not healthy, it's not helpful, but here's the thing. If, if people are wanting to submit and surrender their real life to Jesus, they're gonna, they're gonna need feedback. I'll give you something. This is private, but this is true. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to say it, which I'm going to, 
I'm not going to get in trouble, but it's true. As soon as Prophet Allen left Rescue Church that day, later on, he asked me, how did I do? How was my message? Were the words accurate? Successful people are willing to solicit feedback. Mm. If someone is broken and insecure, they don't want feedback and they will reject feedback because it feels correction feels like rejection when you're broken. Mm. That is not to say that, oh, this person is broken, they're so bad, God's done with them, we're done with them. No, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging, okay, this person is broken, and so it's okay, I was broken. I went through inner healing like five times, and I grew up in a Christian family. Like, nobody's judging you because you're broken, but you're going to judge yourself if you're not willing to get well. Yeah. You're, you, you will self-sabotage and cut yourself short, and then other people will surpass you. People who came later than you will grow faster than you because you're unwilling to deal with an issue in your life because of your, your dad left your mom, your mom left your dad, or you were abused as a child. Or These are all terrible things, but if we're unwilling to deal with these things, we'll be stuck. Yeah. And that's not, your, that's not the end of your story. It doesn't have to end there. There's victory past those things. But God gives you the responsibility to address it with him. It's not like it's not like that's the place that you have to be, stay stuck in. No. Yeah. And in fact, God specifically reveals something so you don't have to be stuck. Mm-hmm. And and that's the that's the thing with the thing that's dangerous to people. And I say this, and this sounds crazy, but I really mean this. When you're hearing prophetic preaching, apostolic preaching, preaching that confronts issues that are relevant to our time and there's revelation on the word of god right whether whether i'm teaching whether christian is teaching whether deborah is teaching whether you're teaching whether your wife is teaching whether joseph is teaching whether isaac is teaching we got a good line i'm coming (laughs) you know if you refuse to deal with what god has revealed you're going to damage your conscience. That, that to me, honestly, is very concerning. Mm-hmm. That is very concerning. Because you're, you're being taught what's right and choosing on purpose to do what's wrong. Why? Because you're afraid to trust God enough. Like, if you had a problem in your body and you didn't know what it was, eventually you'd go to the hospital. You cannot let the fear of a diagnosis kill you. Yeah. Find out what the issue is and attack it aggressively with wisdom. Yeah. Also, you got to really identify who are the people that really want to help you and care for you and who are the people that don't want you to be well. Sometimes in confusion, it's, that might not even be very clear. That's it's, a good point. Yeah. And then you start listening to the wrong voices or you start listening to too many voices. That's another good point. Yeah. That's an, and, and also, too, we, we listen to people many times who comfort us, but it's not, if, if they're not telling you the truth, it's not real comfort, it's false comfort. Yeah. And many times people are looking for someone to feed their dysfunction instead of help them deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that to me, okay, for example, if you are unwilling 
to till the ground in your own heart. You are unqualified to be a harvester. Yeah. And how do I know someone is serious about the harvest? When, I, when they're serious about guarding their heart and dealing with their own issues. Yeah. I mean, you heard Pastor Woodley today. Pastor Woodley today came out with some real transparency. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's good and that's healthy mm-hmm. for leaders. And so... And it doesn't mean you have to be perfect or squeaky clean to minister, but it's this ongoing process, you know? Like, do you, do you take things seriously in your heart and do you deal with it quickly? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like, oh, you have to be perfect and you have to be totally clean, but... There's got to be a measure of, like, you're always going after things. You're going after more freedom and going after, yeah. 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 And I think, honestly, sometimes we over-spiritualize things. Like, for example, if you see, you know, I don't know, a spider in your house or a roach in your church, (laughs) (laughs) you're going to kill that thing, man. Yep. So I don't understand why Christians will listen to the devil and then feed that in their life and then have relationships outside of Christ with people who are going to feed things that are just poison them. Yeah. Like, it's just unwise to do that. Um, You know, bringing this back to being a harvester is that you have to, there has to be a harvest in your own life and what type of harvest am I talking about? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, gentleness, self-control. <laughs> the fruit. Yeah, there has to be a harvest if you're going to be a harvester. And for there to be a harvest, there's certain things that have to die for other things to rise. So for love to grow, lust has to die. Love is patient. The primary expression of love is that it's patient. Lust can't wait. These are just examples, you know. Um, Sorrow has to die at the hands of joy. Um, You know, anxiety has to die at the hands of peace. Mm -hmm. You know, imagine... We're a bunch of anxious, fearful people, and we're telling the world that they can have eternal life. <laughs> no thanks. I, whatever it is that you have, bro, I'm I'm not into that, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and yeah. back to what we were saying earlier, those things die through obedience. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like it was like the the, the COVID era. Uh, come to our church. We'll pray for we'll pr- we're pr- we pray for the sick, and everyone's got masks on, and everyone's afraid. It's like well. I don't want you praying for me, actually. Um, you know, I had a friend of mine. He was joking. He says, all these guys that do healing conferences, they got to pay everyone back because COVID came and everyone shut down. <laughs> you know, I'm being a little bit of a, of a, of a rascal. But, y- you know, I think that the church has to show the world something different. Yeah. And I think that that, that, that goes back to we're in a car. We're in a car. This is a drive-by <laughs> podcast, and, and welcome to Fairview, New Jersey. We were upstate all weekend and did not hear one horn <laughs> and did not receive one 
dirty look except from a guy from New Jersey who was passing us on the highway. <laughs> so we're back Welcome home. home. But this was a drive-by podcast. So you have driven with us uh, from a little bit below uh, Woodbury Commons all the way back to the hood. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say about the harvest? Um, you know, it was a good word that you know we got to first start harvesting things internally. But just to give cast some vision, like what does that look like on the outside? Like what is that harvest that? that I think the harvest, if I can be just genuinely honest, I think the harvest is very inconvenient. I think dealing with people is a great joy, but it's often very inconvenient. It's disruptive. It's disruptive. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I love that you do the podcast, but that means you have to edit the podcast. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I love that you do the podcast, but you have to upload the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that you came with me, but I'm driving you home and I want to be home. I, I, I th- and I think that I think that in reality, and, and that's okay. Like mm-hmm. maybe sometimes you're like, I don't really feel like doing a podcast edit. And, and, I, and I get that. So I think that in serving the harvest, in serving the Lord of the harvest, we have to definitely learn how to rest if we want to last. That's one thing. Yeah. That's one thing. I'm not going to do a whole thing on that, but that's a really important thing. And and the other thing is that often loving people, bringing healing to people, serving people, um, discipling people, I think if we're brutally honest, it's really inconvenient. And I think that patience is one of the things that helps us navigate inconvenience in a gracious manner yeah and i think that that is really really critical because if we're praying for broken people and broken people come broken people take time Mm -hmm. even even if you know you're not spending every day with them all the time it just even the rate at which they grow or the rate at which they let's say uh give or the, the 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 rate at which they're able to serve or the rate at which they're consistent it's just slow yeah until they get well mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know relearning how to walk again after a brutal accident yeah, yeah. i mean it's, i was slow myself so i get that yeah mm-hmm. yeah and me i was i was very apprehensive to submit my life to the lord so when i did that things happened faster but i was very slow in Surrendering because I knew that this was going to be the execution of Adam Levecki, which was a beautiful thing in the eyes of God. <laughs> and so I'm thankful that the Lord uh, has worked a death in my life so that his life can come forth from, from my life. And so uh, that's the goal is for, for Christ to be formed in us, right? And us to serve in his harvest field. And I, I think that that's... Um, something I think that there's another metaphor that I want to leave you with and then we'll wrap this up when the harvest comes the wheat and the tares are both uh, taken at harvest time but the way that they're able to identify the difference between the wheat and the tares is the wheat bends with the sovereignty of the wind Mm. the tares stand straight up 
And if people are unwilling to bend at the sovereignty of the wind, mm-hmm. then unfortunately they're they're tears. <laughs> and I would rather us cultivate a willingness and an obedience so that when the sovereign wind blows, we are yielded to the Lord Jesus and to the move of the Spirit. And, um, you know, we're, we're going with God. So anyway, I hope that that was uh, helpful. I just want to pray a prayer over those who are still here with us. Jesus, these are your people. And so I ask you that you would make us willing and obedient that we might eat the fruit of the land. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Adam Levecki here. On behalf of DK Kim and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.